Hello and welcome folks to another edition of A Humanistic Perspective. This week I have the fortunate privilege of being joined with Tom Greer, a.k.a. Mr. Greer. You know him, you love him because he's an audio producer, an editor, an influencer, and above all, you know him most well-known for Grindhouse Radio Podcast. Thank you for joining me, Tom. It's a pleasure to have you on. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be here. I'm really honored and privileged that I get to be here. Um, you know, I say all the time um, since I've been podcasting for a while that I just really like talking and collabing with a lot of different uh, content creators and other people that just that are just there to make fun content and good do like good things. So, no, I'm just really happy to be here, man. I, I very much appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course. Thank you. I, same here. I'm very humbled uh, seeing your experience with broadcasting as well as just getting a chance to look through everything you guys have going on there at Grindhouse. It's, it's really inspiring, A, as a creative myself, but also B, as just someone who looks up to funny, interesting people like your content across your Instagram, your TikTok, across YouTube, everything you guys got going on. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. So it's really Thank you so- for me to have you on. Thank you so much. I very much, I very much appreciate that. I, um, you know, we just... We just do it just to have fun and just to hope that, you know, in our having fun doing the stuff that people listen and gravitate towards it. So to hear you say stuff like that, that's that's very humbling and I very much appreciate it. Thank you again. Sure. So I want us to start all the way back. Let's go to your childhood. How do you become Mr. Greer taking on the persona? Where does this all begin? What is life like in New York City slash Long Island with your parents, with your school? Take me back. So, uh, actually, so as a kid, surprisingly enough, um, I didn't, it wasn't until later on in life that I thought about really getting into stuff like this. Um, as a kid, um, I had, a, as a child, I had a couple of dreams. Um, I wanted to be my dad in the sense of, I wanted to have a job that would help me support a wife, kids, family, a dog one day, a house. Like that's, that's what I wanted. And then the other one was I wanted to be a major league baseball player. Well, okay. you know, that didn't happen because, you know, I'm not one, part of the 1% of people that can make it into the major leagues. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as a kid, it was it was nice. You know, Long Island, I had a really nice, really good family life. I had a really close knit family. Um, we did a lot of things together, went on a lot of vacations together. You know, obviously, you know, that that doesn't go away. And I think it helped form who I was today, helped me sure. figure out like how to be as a person, um, how I treat family and stuff like that. Family is super important to me mm-hmm. and everything. Um, you know, going to school was for the most part the same. And I was in high school just, you know, chugging along, trying to figure out exactly what I was gonna do with my life. And uh to to I didn't get to the broadcasting side of things until I was in until I was in college. You know, I'd been going to college for a little while trying to figure out. I think I went to I went to school to be in criminal. Uh, um, and uh, I was going to get a criminal degree. Like I, I was going to try to be a CSI. Oh, like that didn't work. I was like, yeah, criminal justice. That's what it was. Thank you for helping me with that. I was going to try and do that, but then I was like, you know. I don't know if I want my career to be looking at a bunch of dead bodies. And I uh, wasn't, that seemed pretty bleak to me. Sure, um, and then I was like, you know, sure. maybe, maybe I'll go back and be a teacher. I was like, you know, but school wasn't, not that school wasn't my thing. Cause I was always a decent student. I was always a good student, but uh, you know, school just going back to school just like, wasn't driving me. It wasn't my, like, I want to work in a school all the time, not to discredit any teachers. It's a great noble job. Um, and then, so I was, uh, I was, I was taking a hiatus from college for a while. And, uh, I was, I was actually, I was actually a, uh, I was a, I was a bag boy and a cashier path mark no and, uh, working no for my, my uncle's environmental firm on the side. And I was just trying to think the entire time, like, what, what are things that I love doing? What are, what are, what are things that I loved and that I enjoyed growing up and enjoyed as a kid? And I remembered, you know, growing up all the time, uh, I, I had parents that worked, uh, both parents worked. 
Um, so in the summers, either going to my grandparents' house to babysit us or getting driven to school. Um, I would always have um, up here in New York, we have a Z100. It's a nationally syndicated show. We have Z100 Elvis Duran in the morning. Um, I used to listen to them every, every, uh, virtually every morning. And then we got a set car with satellite. And uh, I don't know if you know who they are, but I grew up, weirdly enough, I grew up listening to this show with my mom, Opie and Anthony. I was I, do know, a, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, I was an Opie and Anthony fanatic. I love that show. I love they 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 to me were what they were what podcasting became. They were a show a bunch of guys that just got in a room, brought in a bunch of comedians, and they would just sit down and they would just BS. They would talk about literally anything. They would start ragging on each other, do stupid stunts, bring up homeless people from the street, have them say her- crazy, horrendous things. And I was always so in- interested by that. I love the fact that it wasn't this regimented radio format. It was just a bunch of people sitting down, being funny, creating fun content. So um you know, I'm also, again, I'm also a very avid sports fan. So I listen to sports talk radio forever. I listen to baseball games on the radio. So broadcasting was always kind of just something I was, I was very interested in. So, um, I, uh, I found out through a friend about the Connecticut school of broadcasting, which, okay. um, so is that, that's where you it's not a big, that's right. Well, you see the co- funny thing is it sounds like it, the Connecticut school of broadcasting is, it's less a college and it's more of like a radio trade school. Okay. So I like that. Okay. yeah. So what you would do is, is you'd sign up, uh, you, they, you, you fill out the information on their website, you'd sign up, uh, they'd bring you in for a studio tour. They'd show you around the studios that they had. Um, they would, they would tell you what the curriculum's like. You'd, you'd be learning from industry professionals. Like I learned from people that were on the radio every single day. I learned from people that were working on TV Every single day. Like I learned, I learned from those that's people. The, that's the best way. Hands on. Oh no, it totally. No, it totally is. And that's what I'm a hands-on person. Like if I'm going to learn something like I can't, I can learn. Yes. I can learn from like PowerPoints and lectures and stuff, but I need to, if it's something like radio or podcast, I need to have my hands on equipment. I need to, I need you to show me, okay, this goes here, this pod up, pod this up here. You know, this is how you check levels and stuff. I need you to physically show me, like hold my hand through it so I can learn how to have like the muscle memory for it. What would you um, say is uh, one of the most like universally applicable traits you gained at that school that maybe someone who's listening and isn't in radio broadcasting or wants to do that could take away from that experience? Uh, the biggest one that I always tell people is you need to be enjoying what you're doing for other people to enjoy it too. Because the first thing I learned uh, while taking while taking the class was um, if you're not smiling behind the microphone, the person at the other end listening can still hear it. Even though smiling is a very visual thing, like you need to see somebody smiling, you need to see the teeth, you need to see the grin. Um, you could still hear it. You could still hear it on a microphone if somebody is genuinely enjoying what they're doing. So if you're not, the other, there's no way the other person is going to get to either. You know what I mean? The person listening or the person you're trying to entertain is going to going to be able to do uh, enjoy it either. You know what I mean? Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I totally can sympathize with that idea that like the emotional context and the intrigue and passion that our soul produces when we're really invested in something that can be yeah. so correlated through an audio without any visual need. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's like, you know, like, why am I gonna, like, why am I gonna listen to something that clearly somebody sounds absolutely miserable doing? You know what I mean? Unless it's part of the shtick. Like if it's, if it's a part of the shtick, like your, your, your show is you're blatantly like, if you're creating a show where you're the podcast version of droopy dog, where it's like, oh, I should have stayed in bed. Like, you know, like if you're that, then I guess I guess that's your show. But I mean, like I said, if that's if if you're not wholeheartedly enjoying what you're doing, you're yeah. not gonna yeah. nobody else is gonna enjoy it either. 
I love I, you. Gotta love yourself before anybody else can love you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, you're totally good. I completely agree with that. I've been I've been working on that so much recently in my 20s. Is I'm like, okay, how can I prepare myself right now? How can I read books? How can I be investing in knowledge? How could I be meeting the right people and keeping them in my life that are going to make me the man I want to be in my 30s now? So that's definitely key and something I'm thinking about. I wanted to ask, I'm always so curious of tying in philosophy into our principles of life. So I'm curious with your, your energy, man, you've got, you've got this almost New Yorker attitude and your humor and everything. It's so blunt and honest, but it's exactly my type of style. Do you think that's more nature or nurture from your upbringing or the experiences you've had in life? Uh, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely, um, I think it's actually a little of both, you know, yeah. like I, yeah. I think it's in the nature of being raised in New York, being from here. Um, you just, it's just the kind of the way it is, you know, like I, I, again, I love my family very much. I, like I would, I would not be the person I am today if it wasn't for the people that raised me. Um, the, the, my aunts and uncles, my grandparents, my brothers, my cousins, if it wasn't for all of them, I'm not here today. I'm not the person I am today. Um, but you know, we're also the type of family that like, if you, if you slip up, you say one wrong thing, everybody's jumping down your throat. It's immediately just throw it, like grabbing you by your shirt and shorts and throwing you under the bus, you know, like you gotta just be really quick. You gotta be really blunt. You gotta just be able to take a lot of this stuff, you know, cause it's just. It's just the New York mentality. You know, I um, 100%. I didn't actually understand it. I didn't really fully understand it until my little brother, uh, my little brother uh, went to my youngest brother, actually. He went to Xavier out in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Uh, keep going. I, I also went to school out in Ohio, but. Oh, that's, 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 that's hilarious. But so my brother's from, obviously my brother's from here. He lived here, my youngest brother. We lived here all our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, he went to Ohio and he said it wasn't necessarily keeping him from making friends, but like. You know, my brother is a new is New York sarcastic, like very New York sarcastic. And oh, people oh. it didn't translate. Like people thought he was being serious most of the time. It's like, well, this guy's a jerk. What's what's he saying all this for? It's like, no, nah, dude, I'm just I'm just playing. I'm just, you know, I'm just it's just the mentality. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you very straight each other's balls. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's it, it's it's just that's the that's the funniness. And that's also again something I learned from listening to ONA, Opie and Anthony all those years was that was that was my if it wasn't me listening to sports, listening to sports talk, a game on the radio, that's what I was listening to. I was literally just listening to a room of, me of, of dudes or men and women just busting each other's balls back and forth. And it was just, this is amazing. This is, this is, this is what entertainment should be. Uh-huh. I completely agree. I think it brings such a lively energy. And tying back into that Ohio, when my little brother came to visit me, where I'm from uh, Illinois, we're right outside of the city of Chicago. Everyone on the highways here drives with their foot down. There is no it, it is the autobahn here in Illinois. But when he was in Ohio driving, it was he was like, are these people even alive? Like just the pace of society was so much slower and and it was just so off off putting for his like experience on life. And, and I thought that was ironic that we both could tie into uh, Ohio really demonstrating our personal traits from where we came. <laughs> it's so, yeah, you know, man, if you live in one of those high, like, like big city environments, because like, I mean, I live on Long Island, so I'm not going to pretend like I live in like a big city environment. I live in the suburbs. Sure. Um, but if you just, it's just that, it's just that type of, that type of feel. It's like, you know, you don't, if you're out uh, Ohio, just for whatever reason is on like uh, it's like, it's on slow-mo. You know what I mean? But, uh, but it, it's great. It's, it's, I, I went there a few times, uh, to go, ch to go visit him or at least once. And, uh, it was, it was a good time. Sure. No despair. If anybody from Ohio is listening, no disparage to your, to your, to your state. It's a, it's a fine state.
<laughs> yeah, it's got lots to offer. Great people yeah. come out of there. Good times. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I wanted to go back to, so you finish up at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Yeah. So where is your headspace at? You're like, shit, I got to get a job now or where am I going next? Like what, what was your mentality and where did that take you? So the cool part about the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, and look, I know if you search the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, you don't have as many campuses anymore. Um, so that's kind of unfortunate because uh, I, I still do tell people like, look, it was one of the best experiences that I ever had because it helped me craft my voice. It helped me learn to be comfortable behind, behind a microphone. Without them, I would have never been doing this. But uh, they had a job board and uh, they had a lot of connections within the industry because they had a lot of people that worked in the industry. So um, I literally was just thumping the job boards over and over and over. Um, and what stinks is, you know, um, living in New York, this is one of the hardest markets to get into radio and broadcasting. Like typically, if you want to get into, if you want an on-air position at a radio station, you need to go out of state, get numbers out of state, and then come back. So then you could prove that you can be that, that personality. Um, so finding a job in radio, especially finding a job, any job in radio in New York is very difficult. Um, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot that go into it. So I was literally just applying everywhere, everywhere on that job board that CSB had, I was applying to everything, uh, serious, uh, BLI WBAB, which is a classic rock station over here. Um, I was all of them. I was running the gambit. I think the only job that I actually got off of it was that was not even broadcasting related. It was PAing on a movie production assistant on a movie. Oh, um, so yeah, so I had to, you know, there was a, there was a small like independent movie that was shot over on long Island and parts of upstate New York. Um, and I went out and I did that. I was uh, moving set equipment. I was driving a couple actors to and from the, uh, from the set, um, doing a bunch of behind the scenes work for a movie that was really cool. That's really interesting. That sounds like uh, my, my background's music business. And so yeah. when we're backstage, we had like runners for the production of the event. So they're getting the band. They're making sure if they need catering or if they need this, they're just around that was me. anything and everything. That was me. When I first got out, that was me. I was, uh, I was literally, I was watching the prop truck. Um, I was, uh, I was, I was all the way out. East. So, um, so uh, if you're not familiar with Long Island, I was all the way um, out East. I was out towards Montauk um, a little okay. bit before Montauk, but I was out towards Montauk. So it's, it's, you know, it's far out. So, um, it was a period piece. So we had guys coming in where they were uh, rented. The movie was about the movie was about the boxer that Stallone based Rocky off of. Okay. okay so cool. that was what the movie was about. Um, I don't remember. I can't remember the name of it for some reason. It's it's blank in my mind. Uh, sure. But uh, so we had guys come in and rent rent the production cars like their classic cars. So they looked at me. Uh, the, the guy running there, the producer, the director, I think it was the, one of the producers looked at me. He's like, all right, Hey, I need Tom. I need you to take these two guys that rented us our cars. And I need you to drive them back to Queens and then come back because oh, we have some more stuff to do now from where I was. Queens is probably about an hour and a half, two hours away. That's okay. probably where I was, um, at that point. So I was like, okay, so am I, am I going home? He's like, no, you got to come right back. We gotta, we gotta move some of the more props. You gotta watch the prop truck. We gotta, we get still got a production to do. So I'm like, Oh Jesus, I have a, I have a 1999 red Mustang. Um, with like 300,000 miles on it. And these, these, these individuals, great guys were not small individuals. So I had to squeeze shoehorn them into my little car, uh, drive them all the way out to Queens, drop them off, spin around, come all the way back and, you know, continue to do all the grunt work. But, uh, Ooh, but those are the types my, of jobs that build your skin, right? Yeah. There. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it was my first taste of an entertainment job type, like an entertainment field type business, you know, um, and then after that, I was like, you know, I don't know, really know if working on movies is my thing. You know, I never really wanted to be an actor. I never, 
it was cool. It was a very cool experience. I don't want to dis- discredit it. It was a cool experience. I met a lot of really cool people on there. They were all very nice. Sure. Um, it's just I didn't know if working on movies was necessarily my thing. Um, so luckily enough, um, I, I, I probably, after the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, I probably took a year to figure out what I was doing. Mm. Um, and after, you know, I would get told no, get ignored. Um, I hit up one of my old uh, co host one of my old classmates from CSB. Um, his name's Scott Eisenberg. He does a um, he does he has his own uh, podcast that I I really again my mind is blanking that I can't think of the name of it. I really feel bad about that. But he was one of my good friends. Um, he uh, I was like, hey, so I know you were really big into sports. I'm really big into sports. Do you want to collab? Maybe do a sports show uh, for the school's internet radio station. That's what we did. So. Uh, we did that. We met up. We did. We recorded some sports shows. The the person running the college, the, the school's radio station was not great. They would not put up our shows regularly. They would go okay. up and add a crazy order. They would be put up late. It was it was not a great situation. I was at one point I was like, do you guys want me to do this? Because <laughs> like, it's really not that hard to just upload something. But, uh, you know, in our in our, you know, doing all of this. Um, one of our old, he's, he's not with us currently. He's, he's, he's taken a step away, but, uh, Z- uh, Steve Zambo, uh, was, was one of our other hosts, mm-hmm. uh, for the grindhouse radio. And, uh, he worked at CSB. He was a guy that worked at the front desk, handling appointments and, uh, handling the studio just because he went there too. And, uh, he was editing the grindhouse radio one day from his desk. And, uh, you know, he asked me and Scott, he was like, Hey, do you guys, do you guys need a job? And I was like, yeah, I yes, I do need a job. You know, I need anything, anything within broadcasting. I need it because I hadn't everybody else had told me no. So uh, he's like, yeah, well, you know, I do this thing called the Grindhouse Radio. We're a pop culture podcast. You know, we uh, we do all these different things. You know, we we record every we record um, every Monday. We release it on Thursday. Um, we just need people to help us edit celebrity drops, you know, like, um, you know, hey, this is so and so, and you're listening to the Grindhouse Radio. Like, hey, this is uh, Phil Lamar is one of the good ones. Uh, hey, this is Phil Lamar, and you're listening to the Grindhouse Radio. Stuff like you're that. Doing like tags. Yeah, exactly. The station IDs. We had to edit those. So I was like, yeah, sure. You know, whatever you need, I'll do it. Um, so we were doing that for for a couple of weeks, uh, about a month, and then after a month goes in, you know, um, they're like, so do you guys want to edit the show? And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm again. I I hadn't. I had at the time. I hadn't known that. You know, the show itself had only been in existence for a few months before we came on. I was Got like, well, okay, I'm getting in on a on a machine right now, so I don't want to mess this up. Right. Um, and plus, you're, it wasn't the show taking place in the New York City market. So, like, that's a crazy opportunity. You said most people are going to have to leave the state there to build up their yeah. Uh, credentials. Yeah. and But I, well, you see, the way I also looked at it was I'm not doing something that's typically like a terrestrial radio show. I'm not right. – I'm not on one of those hardcore stations where, you know, I have to worry about FCC regulations. We edit our show to, to, to comply with FCC regulations just in case, but it was a podcast. So you have a little bit more creative freedom and creative leeway to get away with certain things. Um, so uh, I was, I was a little nervous at first and then I was more excited because I'm like, cool, I get to, you know, I get to, I get to do this. I get to edit a show. I get to edit a real show, you know? So um we did that for a while. Me and Scott would sit in while they did the show so we can jot down notes of what we're going to add, what we're going to take out. Mm-hmm. And uh, after a while, it just became, you know, we're in the studio. Like, why don't they just, you know, we get to chime in every once in a while. So uh, we chime in every once in a while on the microphones. And uh, then it became the show started at an hour and then the show moved to two hours because we have a bunch of mid- middle segments. Like we, we have the show that are that are comprised of six, now six 15 minute segments. 
Okay. And in between those, we have breaks that'll that'll consist of uh, one will be a music break where we have our 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 um guy Guy Brogna from um he's he's big in the music world. He owns a shop on Long Island. Um he uh he does the music segment where it's guys Guy Brogna's all music spotlight where he does a lot of the highlights from from the music world. Uh we have a now we have a segment called Savor the Flavor, which is Brim and Kim, Brimstone and Kim, the two other hosts of the show. They do a food segment where they talk about foodie stuff. Uh we have um, uh, this gentleman, Kevin Dempsey, who owns Lost Planet Comics on Long Island. Uh, he does a comic book segment. So and so on and so on. I mean, but me and Scott, we did a sports segment. That was it. We would just we would just come on, talk sports for like three to five minutes and then we'd be out. Well, um, over time, uh, Scott moved away for a while and then it was just me. So then, you know, it eventually just became if I'm in the studio, I'm in the studio all the time. I'm in the studio every week chiming in every every so often they were just like you know what we're just gonna make you one of the hosts of the show you're just gonna get a microphone you're just gonna join the conversation you're here anyway you're putting in the work oh yes we might as well give you that so i was like awesome so i get that finally i get the opportunity to to to, to be on air that's so cool and that's um huge. yeah yeah and then uh you know as shortly after we started taking that is when we started getting like celebrity guests we'd start having people come on to interview and talk to and you know i've gotten to speak to some some people that I never would have dreamed that I would get to speak mm -hmm. to, you know, that, that I never would have thought that I'd ever get to connect with and talk to. And, uh, you know, we've kind of been off and rolling ever since it's been a, it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride. Um, because you know, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're working with a bunch of people. It's like working in, I, I I've never been in a band, but I'd imagine it's like working with a band. You have your ups, right. you have your downs. Um, but you know, for all the, for all the good and the bad that's come with the grindhouse radio over the years, I have to say it's given me some really, uh, in the end, I would have to say like, when all else fails, it's at least given me some very good experiences, some very good things that I would never trade the world for. I mean, like, look, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm me and Kim are, me and Kim are dating and I can't believe like without, without the grindhouse radio, I would have never, I would have never had the privilege of, of meeting her who I, you know, again, is she's literally one of the most important people in my life. Uh, wow. and I say all the time that I am, I am, if, if anything else happened from grindhouse radio, like God forbid, knock on wood, this place came crumbling down. It was all worth it because I got to, you know, I got to meet her, you know, and, and she's been one of the biggest supporters I've ever had. Um, I, I dove into a little bit of writing. I'm currently writing a little bit of a, um, a bit of a, I'm, I'm writing a, a, a tad bit of a cartoon. Okay. Um, Very nice. I've been What's working on what's sort of like the creative crux of the, of the story? Um, it's, uh, it, it's, I don't, I don't want to give too much just because okay. it's, okay. I thought it was a cool, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want yeah, no, to, don't want anyone plagiarizing or copy. Yes, exactly. Either. But it's, it's loosely, it's loosely based. It's very fantasy driven. Like it's very, okay. like nothing is, it's loosely based on reality. Like it is a very much a cartoon in a cartoon sense, but it's kind of loosely based on uh, me and my grandfather, um, because Beautiful. Um, my grandpa was my grandpa. Um, not that I have a favorite in my grandparents, but uh, my my grandpa on my dad's side uh, was was um, he's 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 had Alzheimer's for years, so he's not really the same person anymore. But uh, so he was one of the that. biggest. It's it's oh it's I appreciate that. Thank you very much. It's okay. He's uh he was probably one of the most influential people in my life because he you know he um he was. You know, he just taught me what it was to be a good person, uh, be a good person that just understand what really matters in life. It's just your happiness um, and and your family's happiness. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, you know, I, I am in debt to him every single every single day. You know, he's helped with craft me to be the person I am, you know, uh, from being there every time when I would need him to pick me up from school when we were kid, when me and my brothers were kids 
to uh, teach me how to play baseball in the backyard when my dad was working. I'm um, not that my dad was working too much. My dad definitely did. Did my dad was definitely there for me. I don't want to pretend like he wasn't. My dad is very important, but uh, my grandfather was always, you know, always there to give me advice. Always there to just talk baseball with me. Um, you know, taught me how to like help teach me how to swim. Um, you know, I remember every my fondest memories are always just thinking about being a kid, uh, being in the backyard with me, my brothers. Um, a couple of my cousins and my grandpa's got a big fat cigar in his mouth and we're sitting there learning how to play cards. He's teaching us how to play blackjack on the back deck. You know, he was just, he was just an amazing, like a really amazing person. And, um, he sounds like a man's man, a true man. He he really was. He was, he really, he really was. He was, uh, you know, he was, he was, he was my world. He was, he was my, he was, uh, I have a lot of heroes in my life. He was definitely, at the top of the list. Um, I actually have a tattoo. I got a tattoo on my, uh, on my forearm oh, that, that you really kind of can't see. Um, so my grandpa used to say, okay, it's, a, it's, a, it's not anything crazy, but you say, okay, here we go before anything, before we were going to do anything, you know? And, and, uh, you know, I always, I always like say that, like, right. Like I usually say that to myself, like right before I'm about to do anything, I'm just like, I just take a deep breath. I'm like, okay, here we go. And then like, I, and for whatever reason, it's just that saying that is always that he always said that just stuck with us. So, um, uh, we do family vacations every year. My aunt had it made into the symbol that I have on my on my arm, put it on a T-shirt, and it was like for our family vacation. Um, and uh, it's just something that I have on my arm to always remind me of my grandpa because um, above all else, above all the people that I have in my life, all the family I have in my life, I'm not here today. I'm not the person I am today if he wasn't the person that he was. You know? Oh, wow. That's powerful. And the and the idea that you can reflect on that and you can honor his life experience through your comic book, through the tattoo, through your true and genuine, honest relationship with with him inside of yourself. That's it's really beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. You know, I I never really thought about the idea of the phrase "it's okay" being able to be so deep and contemplative. But really, like when you were saying that, it makes me really think about and break down that 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 was much deeper than just it's okay it is it is an internal call to understand that life will continue on that there is suffering around us but if you can find that joy that beauty and you just put yourself out there and try it will work so that's that's really really powerful I, that would be a fantastic is that would be a fantastic book name right there yeah it's you know it's um, i i like the like it's it's funny like i i, I used to I used to write, like I used to write like a little bit here and there, but I never really got full enjoyment out of it until later on in life. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to write a book one day. I, I don't know what it would be about yet. I have no idea, but I'd like to write a book one day. That's, that's a good thing, but no, you know, it is cause you're right. You know, like over throughout life, you're going to have bad things are going to happen. Like there's no way, no ifs, ands or buts about it. You can be as positive as you possibly want or have the positive mental outlook on everything. And that is good. And you should have it, but bad things are going to happen. And it's figuring out how to get through them and how to overcome them and how to use them to, to benefit yourself. You know, like I, like I said, like speak my grandpa, for like, for example, you know, he had also, he, he's had Alzheimer's for well over a decade now, like well over a decade. And, um, you know, uh, it, was it hard in the beginning? Yeah, it was, it was hard. It was very hard to come to grasp with somebody that I love so much that, that, you know, one day he's going to not know who I am and just totally forget about everything you know, or not, not mentally be there anymore. That, that's, that sucked. It hurt. But, uh, you know, you just, 
you know, you just learn to, you just learn to deal with it. You just learn to get through it and realize that, look, yeah, this is who, this is where we are right now, but that's kind of just life. And that doesn't take away all of the things that, that happened before that. It doesn't take away all the, all the moments of him teaching me how to bunt in his backyard. It doesn't take away all the trips that we took to, to go camping out, out, um, out on Long Island and places or upstate and places. It doesn't take all those trips to Disney world that we used to go on with them. Like it doesn't take all that stuff away that, that is all still there. And that is all still, it all still happened and helped shape who I was as a person, you know? So, you know, it's, it's it, bad things happen, but it's, yeah. it's, it's not something that you can just let stop you in your tracks. You kind of just have to, you have to keep moving forward. Like I keep saying, okay, here we go. You got to keep moving forward. You know what I mean? Truly. I want to tie into, so it seems like uh, your grandpa had a pivotal part of introducing sports to you and keeping reinforcing it as a part of your life from a young age. How have you seen the evolution of sports in your life? Um, and could you maybe talk to that sort of trajectory in this sort of trajectory in history? Well, evolution of sports in my life. I have to say, um, I like to, I do like to, contrary to popular belief, I do like to, I do like to be positive. I'm very blunt. I can be very negative at times. I can be I, I, it's a bit of a realist at times, but I do like to be positive. All of my pessimism comes from sports. Every single <laughs> ounce of my pessimism comes from sports because, you know, I've, I've, I've grown up on Long Island as a Mets fan, an Islanders fan, a Giants fan, and a Knicks fan. I didn't really grow up a Knicks fan. I kind of got into basketball later in life. Sure. Um, but sports was always like an outlet for me from, from the jump. I was, I, I come from a very sports centric family. We all love baseball. Um, my dad is a, my dad is a diehard Mets, Mets and Giants fan. And, uh, you know, sports was always just an outlet for me. Like I love, I love watching the competition. I love getting heavily in, emotionally invested in all of these games because it's just, it's just fun. I, I love being a part of a team. I was, you know, I played baseball for, Forever. I played baseball for, again, uh, probably over a decade. You know, wow. um, I, I played for a really long time. Um, I, I'm not going to pretend like I was I was an all star. I'm not going to pretend like I was going to make the majors one day, but I loved it. I just loved the team camaraderie. I loved everybody being together to try to, to, to take down the other team. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just that's how I always am. Like, I don't like to I don't personally like doing solo stuff. I like having that's why, you know, um, GHR was a thing like I enjoyed it because it was a team. We were all sitting here to to come up with one goal to create a good show that would that would that that we all would love not just me i don't like the whole just me stuff i don't like solo acts you know um for me personally um but sports is a big big thing in my life still is to this day like i i live and die by the new york mets the new york giants and the new york islanders like today today's wednesday we're uh, we're doing this um today i'm going home to i'm going to my parents house to go sit down and watch the expansion draft for the seattle kraken with my brother and a couple of my cousins Wow. Just watch nice. and see. Wow, nice. Yeah, we're gonna watch and see who's gonna be poached off the New York Islanders over to Seattle. So like <laughs> it's nothing crazy, but you know, it's just I uh I it, it it's hard it is also really hard for me to pinpoint exactly what it is about sports that makes it as crazy in my life as it is. Cause I like I said, live and die by it. Mets losses hurt me. Giants losses ruin my weeks. Right, um right. like it's just it's, it's just something that it, it, it's, you know, some people have food, some people have reality television, some people have music. My, my vice, my, my thing is all sports all the time. That's all I, you know, that's all I gravitate towards. I want to ask, ask what right now in our current sports industry market in America, what is the most overrated sport and what is the most underrated sport in your current opinion? Opinion. <sighs> 
Underrated, I think, surprisingly enough, is baseball. I think okay. all you're going to hear over and over is how um, is how baseball's dying, how it's not a good sport anymore, how it's boring and stuff like that. And I think baseball is, while it has its faults, it has its problems that it needs to fix. Um, it, 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 we have news coming out about baseball that aren't necessarily just about what happens on the field. It's all the extracurricular garbage that happens. Sure. Baseball is still a great sport. It's still a fun sport. Um, it is, it is still something that should be watched and should be enjoyed by everybody. You know, that's just me. I'm a, ba- I'm, I'm a baseball guy. I grew up on it. Um, as far as overrated, I want to say, I probably want to say basketball because I know okay. basketball is really big. It's just that, you know, I, 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 I don't know. There's just something that isn't totally, I, I, I watch it now. I enjoy it, but there's something that's just not as for me, not, I don't gravitate it as much as I do to hockey, football, baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't too, I when, say, oh, sorry. Keep going. No, I was gonna say no, no, no. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. This is your show, my friend. I don't want to cut you off. <laughs> oh no, um, you're good. I was gonna say ba- uh, basketball when there was no crowd in there wasn't as great as some of the other sports without a crowd. Without a crowd. Yeah, you know, I, I actually surprisingly enough, I enjoyed hockey when when they were in the bubble over the summer because it was cool that it looked like I was watching like NHL uh, uh, the the video games. Like they had it all set up really cool. Um, the look was really cool. Any sport that you take fans out, it's going to do some damage. Like, like you need that, you need that electricity of, of being at a game or hearing the fans or, or not even, not even necessarily hearing the fans cheer, like the, the, the not silence, but the tension that you feel in a ballpark when it's, when, when the game is on the line and we're getting really close to the end and like, maybe it's a tie game or even in a, even in a hockey arena or, or a football stadium at the very end of a game, when you're, when you're the home team and you've got, it's like a nail biter that oh, yeah. there's nothing like that tension that you feel in the stadium. Like it's almost palpable. You just, it resonates through everybody. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's unreal. Sure. Talking about uh, something that brings a lot of emotional attention in our current sports atmosphere. Um, how do you feel about that push for athletes to be paid for their brand and notoriety while they're in college level athletics? It's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. You know, I, I don't believe, cause I know that there are a lot of college athletes that, um, that are going like hungry, like they can't make money because they're playing college athletics. Um, so no, I'm not with that. I think you should, I don't think schools should be allowed to exploit who you are to, to, to make a whole, to make millions of dollars off of you and you don't see anything from it. You know what I mean? But I also understand that, you know, um, that it is kind of, it is kind of like what happens if, you know, a school has a lot more money than another school, you might be stealing recruits. You might see the the level of competition be a little bit different, but I'm all about for people not being exploited and all people making money when they can absolutely make money. I'm just curious to see how it's going to translate to players going into the pros. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to make millions of dollars being a college athlete, what is that going to mean for me when I make it to the pros? Like, am I, am I going to have to make that much or more, or am I going to be okay with making less because I'm a rookie in the, in, in, in the professional game? That's fascinating. I didn't even think about uh, the implications of that. Implications in regards to transitions out of there. Um, who is your favorite sports hero of all time? Of all time, favorite sports hero. Um, I would have to say it's Mike Piazza. Uh, Mike Piazza for the New York Mets. I he he was the he was my guy growing up. He was the guy that I wanted to go to the ballpark and see every single day. Um, I tried playing catcher when I was in when I was in baseball for a little while. Didn't work out. I was not. I was definitely not a catcher. Um, but uh, I, that's who I'd have to say. It's him. It's him and David Wright. David Wright was he. He can He can came up after. But uh, if I had to pick, it'd be one of those two. But definitely Piazza first. 
Very nice. Very nice. I want to transition maybe and talk a little bit about technology. Um, sure. There was a time probably in your life where technology wasn't as predominant as it is now. What is the your favorite memory or the thing that gives you the most nostalgia about a world before technology? World before technology. Um, you know, I think it kind of, I think it kind of is sports in a, in a way almost because I remember being a kid, just being a kid, just being able to enjoy a baseball game, not having to worry about, you know, who's texting me or having to be on my computer 24, 24 seven, you know, and it, I think it's also just, I think it's also just getting to spend time with my family because again, I, I lived, uh, you know, I, again, I, I don't want to say that I didn't have friends growing up. But uh, for the most part, a lot of the time I was hanging out with my brothers. I was hanging out with my cousins, so yeah, just doing stuff outside. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different things that make me think about a life before technology because, you know, I'm also the type of person that, like, I, I appreciate technology. You know, I like that I can watch anything on my phone if I wanted to. It's cool and stuff. But I miss the days of not not needing to let people know where I am 24-7. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as social media is cool and I can get a lot of news off of Twitter, I can see some cool things on Instagram. TikTok has some funny content, you know, um, especially being in this business, you kind of have to like social media kind of has to be a job. I miss when that wasn't the case. You know, I miss when I do actually like, I'm like an old person in a sense of, I miss when social media wasn't as big a thing as it currently is. You know, I miss when that was all carefree and I just got to enjoy life rather than worrying about what, the next technological advancement is going to be where I'm going to be on in, like what I have to post on Instagram today or something like that. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, no, this is one of my favorite questions because I don't know a time in my life where there isn't technology. So you're making me actually like a, a little bit of longing for a time like that. Cause it seems almost as if like the interpersonal relationships were a lot stronger. Well, I have to say like, I, I don't want to pretend like I, I came before any technology was a thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I, even as, a, even as a kid, like, um, you know, I, 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 it's not like I was, I was always just like, Oh, let's go play outside and stuff like that. No, nah, you know, I, I was young and I'm, I'm, I'm old enough to, or young enough to remember when I got my first like PlayStation and I'd be sitting downstairs playing PlayStation all the time. Um, I remember when we got our first computer and I was literally just playing different computer games and, you know, surfing the internet and stuff like that. So I don't want to pretend like, you know, I hate technology and all that stuff. Sure, it's sure. just, it's gotten to a point for me that it's just like, you know, I don't, I don't care about all of it. You know, I could, if, if you were to tell me, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and all of them were shutting down tomorrow. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I'm not going to be like, Oh no, where are my followers going to go? And be like, Oh, that sucks. Um, you know, I'll, 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 I'll entertain myself with like YouTube videos or something like that. I could, I could, I could really care less, you know? So, um, I don't want to pretend like I'm like, I'm one of those people that was like, Oh no, I was playing outside 24 seven. You know, I was, I was figuring I was playing stickball with my friends. No, that's, that is definitely not the case. I, I definitely milked technology for all that it was worth when I was a kid. Sure, love my sure. game boy. I love the, the game boy is probably one of my favorite inventions that ever decided to, to come out of technology. Oh, I remember that, man, when I got my first Game Boy. It was, I had the flip Game Boy, you know, it went up and down. Yes, P. Yep. yep. That was fantastic. I actually, we were in a, we were in a Vermont Comic Con three years ago now. And I found at a, at a table, at a booth, a vendor's booth, I found a original, the original Game Boy, like the big brick oh, gray one. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have it at my house. Yeah. So I, I, I still have it. And I, 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 every once in a while I'll pop in my old games and see if they still work. And, uh, do you have any kids yourself? Uh, me? No, not yet. Not yet. 
Oh man, got to keep those things to show the children. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm a little upset that I broke my Game Boy Color, but I have my original, like I said, I have the original Game Boy now, a bunch of the games. So no, like when that does happen, knock on wood, just not right now. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 we say that all the time because it winds up coming up on the show all the time, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I guess that's what happens when I work with my girlfriend. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but no, I... Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 I, I yeah, like I said, I love my Game Boy. Um, I don't I don't necessarily hate technology. I hate right. some of the things that it's brought, though. You talk about uh, technology being and social media being a business because you know you're in the broadcasting influencer space. Uh, what tips or tricks do you have for someone who wants to be a part of this digital economy nowadays? Uh, well, again, contrary to what I said before, because like I said, I hate that it's a business. I hate that I have, I am obligated for the most part to, it's not, you know, I hate that I'm obligated to like post as much as I do and stuff like that, or like that I have to feel like everybody has to know where I am. I hate that. But that's my advice is if you want to get there, you just got to post and create the content, give the con just, just, you know, post as much content as you possibly can, post as much stuff as you possibly can that you, that you are happy with. And, you know, interact with people on social media, like go on other people's pages, comment on them, like them, you know, like the more you interact, the more people are going to come back and interact with you, you know, hundred percent. I think that's a great tip. Could you walk me through, how did you get into voiceover work and voiceover acting? And what was that like? Uh, so it was totally not even I, I, accident is not the right word. So I <laughs> was doing, yeah, I was doing this for a while and, um, you know, uh, I never in my life, like, sure. Like I love cartoons as a kid, grew up, loved Rugrats, loved Angry Beavers, uh, loved Invader Zim, loved all that. Those are just examples. I loved all those cartoons, Rocco's Modern Life. I loved all those cartoons. Mm -hmm. um, sure, I thought it'd be cool when I was a kid to do voices and stuff like that, but I was never an actor. I don't even claim to really be much of an act, the great, uh, much of an actor. But, uh, you know, do, through doing GHR, um, you know, Br Brimstone, uh, one of our other hosts, he's been in entertainment for forever, knows so many different people in entertainment and, and, and you know, opportunities come, you know, opportunities mm -hmm. like, hey, uh, do you want a voice on something? And I was like, uh, sure, why not? Because I don't necessarily say no to opportunities that might benefit me in the long run. You know, like I may it may not be something I'm comfortable with. It may not be something I think I'm particularly good in, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try. I'm and if, if anything. And I always joke, I said, I'll do anything if it's going to benefit me outside of porn. I won't do that. <laughs> but everything else, if it's going to be beneficial to me and it's going to help me, uh, I'll give it a try. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't mind. I'll try anything once. Um, so uh, I don't honestly don't. There was a game. I think it's on Android. It's called like Sorum Story or something like that. Um, you know, we got to do a couple of voices for that game. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, I, saw, I saw there was a you had like a a grindhouse game as well, wasn't there on there that you did? Uh, well, there was that the grindhouse the grindhouse game was uh, was something that was supposed to be coming like years ago. It never came to fruition. I don't know if oh, we're okay. gonna I don't know if we're gonna still pump it out. We'll we'll kind of see what happens. But no, we did a few voices for that when and if that decides to become a thing. Um, and then you know it's just it's just kind of like I I don't necessarily. As much, I don't want to say I never do, but I don't really as much go outwardly looking for voiceover opportunities because it was never a crazy big passion of mine. But if the opportunity presents itself, I'll never say no. If the opportunity presents itself, I'll be like, hey, do you want to audition for this? Because that's generally how it is. It's like Brim will just come to me and be like, hey, do you want to audition for this? Or hey, do you want to try and do a voice for this? And I'll be like, sure. I mean, why not? I'll see what happens. If they like me, they like me. Um, and I've been lucky enough to, to get a couple, you know, one or two. Um, I, I don't, um, I, uh, I, I am reluctantly 
in the um in the uh the voiceover realm if if i could if that makes sense sure uh one more question in the voiceover world technique wise when you're trying to teach yourself a new voice or learn a new voice or find your character what what are you working on from like a physical like actual system and instrument standpoint and then from maybe a psychological standpoint what are you working on technique wise uh you know funny enough i haven't really uh the, in the stuff that i've done i haven't done a crazy amount of uh like weird and out there voices okay. you know like for the most part it's just slightly altering the voice that i current that i currently have you know um like slightly like, like again i'm not like uh, for characters i'm not necessarily giving every single character the voice that you're hearing right now right i'm you know i'm changing it like a little bit um, you know, it's kind of just me throwing things at the wall, throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks and seeing what I'm comfortable with. You know what I mean? Like, uh, seeing what I'm comfortable sending out to somebody, you know, so I don't really have any tips and tricks as to what I do to get into that headspace because, you know, I'm still, I, again, I'm still learning. Like I never, I never acted one time in my life. Never. Not, I wasn't in any school plays. I, I didn't act in anything after school. I, I never did. I never did anything like that. You know, I, uh, I'm just kind of doing it and, and seeing what happens. You know what I mean? Like I'm just trying to give it what I think is my best effort and seeing if somebody likes it. And if they don't, they don't. If they do, that's great. And I, I appreciate every opportunity that I wind up getting. Sure. So I wanted to go back to Grindhouse and touch that a little bit. Could you describe maybe what your daily role or weekly role looks like as a member of Grindhouse? Uh, well, my role is is on-air personality or producer and editor. So my weekly role is uh, we come in and record, record the show every week. Um, and then uh, I have to come in the next day. I'm actually, um, as we're recording this, um, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up the, uh, not as we're recording this, but after we're done recording this, I'll be finishing up my edits uh, for, for GHR to get it ready to go out tomorrow. Um, and then we have a few other shows that come out of here, come out of our studios. We have uh, Truly Inconsequential, which is a show that goes live on Facebook and YouTube, uh, where me and Brim sit down and we discuss two characters from from entertainment, from movies, TV, anywhere, and we debate whether or not they're consequential to their stories. Mm. And then in the end, we debate which one's more consequential than the other. I started um, to catch a little bit of the last one you guys just did with the Disney character verse. I believe it was the Snoopy character, right? It was Pluto versus Woodstock. And I'm sorry yes. you had to listen to that because the audio quality on that was absolutely dreadful. And I hate it. It, 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 it makes my skin crawl that somebody actually had to listen to that. But, uh, <laughs> no, um, I loved it. I, I, I thought the, uh, the crux of the format for the show is, Oh, it's so good. It's freaking so good. I appreciate, I very much appreciate that. It is a fun show that we just get to, you know, speak about, you know, just, just, characters you know it's just it's just fun it, it's meaningless you know it's nothing crazy uh but uh it's, if it's someone's listening time. what was what episode do you recommend going back for that show to to check out uh i'd recommend going back to the beginning um all the all the shows all the episodes are uh the first couple are just on our facebook page on the Ryan House radio facebook page um there are a bunch that are on the youtube on youtube because we eventually took it over to youtube as well um and then uh if you want to just listen to the audio portion all the audio uh, versions of the podcast are on um, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart. They're all there. Um, so I would just say start from one and, and work your way up, you know, and, and just see where we've gotten to so far. There's only, I think there's only like 13, 14 of them. There's not a crazy okay. amount of them just yet because we're still kind of new. We're, it's still a very young podcast, but uh, that was cool. Um, so I have to do that. I have to do that actually today. Uh, as a, uh, Later on today, I'm going to have to do that one. Um, we do a live and uncut on the Monday that we record. So I have to um, 
handle that live. Then I have to edit that down and upload it. Uh, then, uh, in terms of just GHR stuff, uh, Fridays, we, me and Kim do a Disney podcast called the magic Kim Tom, which we're trying to figure out a way to get it onto YouTube and, and all the nice. streaming platforms as well. Um, but I, we record that, I edit that and have that uploaded for Monday. Um, so it is, it is a packed week. It is literally a packed week of, of trying to have all the podcasts that we do, um, edited, put together and uploaded so everybody can listen to them. And, uh, you know, that's what happens when, uh, when you're the lead editor in chief, um, because <laughs> we had our, our fourth host, um, it, it used to be, it was me, it was Brim, Kim, me, and then, uh, our other host, Steve, uh, Zambo is, as he's referred to on the show, but, uh, he has since taken a step away from the show. So, uh, thus leaving the rest of the editing and audio duties to me. Sure. And, um, you know, I'm not complaining. I'm not, I don't want to make it seem like I'm complaining. It's just, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to have to get through, um, on a weekly basis, but, you know, if, if you're doing something you love, you never work a day in your life, you know? So, so, uh, it's, 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 it's a good problem to have. Sure. That's wow. That's, that's an insane schedule. Yeah. You're doing a lot of rigorous work. I wanted to ask maybe from your perspective, what has been the most beneficial thing for growing your show? Is it applying for awards and winning them and getting recognition? Is it just being consistent and posting a lot and be, or being consistent with the schedule? Is it interacting with the fans? What have you seen, uh, be the most successful for you guys at Grindhouse in regards to that? successful um sure you could label you could point it to the awards and stuff and they're very cool i don't want to just i don't want to say that i'm not grateful for the fact that we get any awards it's very it's very cool it's very humbling um for me it's just for me personally i attribute a lot of our success to the people that we get to talk to um the places that i've gotten to go like um you know i i i you know i don't want to pretend i'm not going to sit here and pretend that when we go to conventions that we're getting, you know, that, that, that we have Rogan, like, uh, 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 interaction, like where we have people lined up down the line, like waiting to come knock down the doors and see us. We have fans that come say hello and come say hi and want to, you know, take pictures and sign stuff and everything like that. And I'm totally humbled and grateful for that. But, uh, I, I attribute a lot of our success to just the people and the experiences that we've gotten to have, you know, if, if we didn't get any awards, I'd be fine. You know, I, uh, I used to pretend like when I first got on the show and I was nervous trying to craft my voice, I used to pretend that nobody was listening. I literally used to just pretend that like I was talking to a, I was talking to a wall the entire time to make myself feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, so, you know, I, 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 yeah, that's, that's basically what it is. I don't, I don't measure the success necessarily on, um, on the numbers of, of people listening on, on the awards that we wound up getting, it's I attribute our success to am I still sitting here having a good time doing it? And um who are who who am I gonna have the privilege of getting to speak to today or this week? Because I've gotten to speak to people that I again I grew up listening to on cartoons. I got I grew up watching in, in movies, you know, or on TV. And uh 100%, yeah. you know, if you would have told me that like like nine or ten years ago, I would have thought you were crazy. I've been like, there's no way I'm gonna get to speak to Richard Horvitz. The voice of uh, the voice of Invader Zim Daggett from from uh, from Angry Beavers or Billy from Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, uh, one of my favorite people that we've ever had the privilege of speaking to. You know, um, if you were to tell me that, I would think you're crazy. I'd be like, there's no freaking way I would ever get the privilege to speak to any of these people. You know, but but I did, and I have, which is very very cool. That's amazing. In your career of podcasting thus far, 
what has been the biggest shift or change you've seen in the industry from when you started to where we are today? Uh, the biggest shift I think is the, uh, is the amount of people that are, that are doing it because, you know, I know that po- like when we got into podcasting like seven years ago, I'm not going to pretend like we're the pioneers of podcasting. There were still a lot of people doing it then. Um, but it's kind of, it's kind of amazing to see how many people go out there to just create a podcast now. You know what I mean? And I'm not disparaging anybody. I don't want that to, I don't want that to come off as, as like me, me saying that don't do it because there's too many people. I think you should absolutely, if I, we actually used to, um, for, 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 for a while, we used to go up and down Long Island to a bunch of the different libraries and we would hold things called like podcast 101s, which would be, uh, people would sign up, come in. If they were interested in podcasting, they'd sit down and they'd watch a PowerPoint that we have. They'd ask us questions. And uh, I would always tell them, I'd be like, look, uh, there's a there's a million podcasts out there. Uh, what you're bringing to the table might not necessarily, your your topic might not necessarily be a unique thing. Like you might, there might be a bazillion of the same themed podcasts out there. Your voice is unique though. And, um, you know, uh, you, you should, be, don't get into podcasting because you want to be rich and famous don't get into podcasting because you want to be Joe Rogan or the old caller daddy who just signed that $60 million deal with Spotify. Oh, yeah. Alice um, Cooper, right? I yeah. She used to be a barstool. Don't do get into podcasting for that reason. Get into podcasting because you look at it as a cool passion project and something that you just enjoy doing. And, um, and it'll be fulfilling to you. That's, that's kind of the way, the way I've always looked at it. Sure. You can treat it as a business and we treat it very much like a business here. Um, but if you're not enjoying what you're doing, that business ain't going to take off. Smart. Yeah. I think that's such a valid point that like the genuine nature of your craft needs to be there first and foremost above all else. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, if you could change one part of modern podcasting today, what would that be? One part of modern podcasting. Um, damn, that's a really good question. I honestly, uh, uh, I would say I, I wish that there was a, I wish that there was a, an easier way to get, uh, to, 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 to come across content creators than there is right now, because with podcasts, like, so for the, so for example, like terrestrial radio, the reason terrestrial radio is never going to die is because it comes stock in everybody's car. And you can surf the radio stations. Those stations are always going to be there. And then you can find one that hits you. For podcasting, for the most part, you kind of have to know what you're looking for. You know what I mean? Like, because there's so many, you're not necessarily just going to stumble across a random podcast and just listen to it because you don't know what you're getting into. You know, for the most part, you have to hear it from word of mouth. You have to... um, maybe see it on the top of the charts. And if you see it on the top of the charts, that doesn't necessarily reflect everybody that's in the podcasting game, you know? So I don't necessarily know what it would be um, that, that does it. I know it's, it's also on the responsibility of a lot of the podcasters to get your name out there and get, get in people's faces. But I wish there was an easier, more effective way of getting to shot, getting other smaller podcasters time, time to shine. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like, Mm -hmm. A lot of them, ourselves included, especially like I don't want to. Again, I'm not here pretending that Grindhouse Radio is is uh, is Rogan, right? Because he's the, he's he's the standard bearer of of podcasting. We've done a lot of really cool things. Have had a really lot of a lot of cool experiences. I've done, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not diminishing what we've done and where we are, 
But uh, I think what happens is you get stuck with the the Rogans, the Alex Coopers, the uh, the the Mark Marins, the um, you know all these um, the um, the one with Tom Segura and oh, uh, Burt Kreischer, Two Bears One Cave, Two Bears One Cave, great That's show, phenomenal awesome. show. Um, but you see those, you get those really high profile shows and not to disparage them anyway, they're very hard workers, very entertaining human beings, great and masters at what they do. Mm -hmm. But a lot of other really talented podcasters, smaller podcasters don't necessarily get the shine. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I've, I've never thought about it that way that like, you're almost, there's almost two thresholds keeping that from happening. A, we're, we're forcing and we're stuck to abiding by these algorithms of all these platforms. Yeah. So if you're not meeting those algorithms, you're not going to be seen. But then secondly, just what you're talking about there, the distribution sector, that has also got a pigeonhole from all these major uh, industries. So it's sort of, if there was a way to merge those two things and decentralize it in a format that is allowing diversity and equity and all the content that's being consumed or that's getting pushed out there for people to find, I think that would be extremely beneficial. Yeah, that was that was a fantastic answer. Thank you. No problem. But, and it's also like, and also I don't, but in you, I feel like you play a really weird game in that sense, because like, look, you also, while you want to give some other podcasters shine, some, some smaller version podcasters shine, you also don't want to take away the shine from, from the big guns because, right. you know, yeah, sure. They are the top popular podcast right now. And a lot of people are going to listen to them, but they're not going to listen to them for no reason. You know what I mean? So I, so it would be, it would be almost also detrimental to take somebody that is a lot smaller and on a lot smaller scale and elevate them to that same stature because these guys up here, like the Rogans, the Alex Coopers, the, the Tom Segura and Burke Kreischer's two bears, one cave. Like they didn't just like wake up one morning and are there, you know, like they busted their asses, put the time in, you know, built the brands and stuff like that. Like they put the work in to get to this point. It's just so happens that being at this point means that there's a bunch of other podcasters that might not get the shine that they do. Which isn't a bad thing because again, right. they work their asses off to get there and deserve everything that they get. They're all great. I happen to love Tom Segura. I think he's his stand-ups are some of my favorite <laughs> stand-ups that I ever get to listen to. Yep. I'm in that same boat. I think he's I feel like he is me. He's an, is such an extremely approachable man. And like I, I love that he's got this almost there's an almost bashful sense to his entire personality. Like he's like, I want to be reserved and nervous, even though he has reached this level of stature. That humbling dichotomy, I I think it's fantastic for his comedy. It, it absolutely is. If and, and if we're we're talking about and you know, it's again also like another one, Bill Burr. Bill Burr is another oh. guy that uh that Bill Burr is <laughs> is my favorite comedian. It's him and Dave Chappelle are my two favorite comedians of all time, you know. But it's a but he's another one. Like he's one of the top podcasts that you'll see on iTunes. Right. Um, and that's not to disparage him because he's an amazing comedian. Uh, I've, uh, I grew up listening to him, but again, it's like, again, it's, there's a lot of guys at the top and then there's a lot of guys at the bottom that don't necessarily get to see what it's like to get to the top, even though they are putting the work in. Sure. I always like to ask everyone I have on some bigger, more philosophical based questions to sort of see how their life and, uh, personal experience interplays with that. What is your concept on the perception of free will? Do you believe free will is our choice? Do you think free will is something that is uh, a conception that we have, but isn't really there? What is sort of your perception on the concept that is free will? I think everybody has the ability to do whatever they want, however they want it, whatever they choose to do. You know, I don't necessarily, um, I don't necessarily, you know, I, I like to think that, um, you know, I, I don't like to consider myself an overly religious person. You know, sure. I'm not somebody that's going to be Bible thumping, shoving my ideologies down your throat and stuff like that. But at its core, I grew up as a Roman Catholic kid 
um, you know, went to church, made my communion confirmation and all that stuff. Um, so I, you know, I hold on to some of those values and sense of being a good person and stuff like that, but I never really believed in the whole, like, um, believe in the whole, uh, your, your path is decided for you essentially. You know what I mean? Like, I think free will is very much free will. Like, you know, if you want to do something, you have every ability to just go out and do it. You just have to actually put in the work and actually go do it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily think my life was predetermined that I was going to be a podcaster. I think what happened was I was like, you know, I want to do this. I want to give this a try. So I did it. So I chose to do it. You know, I chose to sink the money into going to school for it. I chose to, 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 to take a risk and, and do this, you know? Um, so, so no, I think free will is very much what it is. It is free will. You have, sure. You don't be a, don't be a terrible person and do terrible things, but you, you have the ability to, to take control of your life and do what you feel you want to do. Excellent. Excellent. What is your definition of happiness? Happiness. My definition of happiness uh, my definition of happiness is, um, I feel like you see joy is kind of like, I feel like a synonym of that. So like I, my definition of happiness is, is, is basically living, I guess, living without regrets, I guess I would have to say, you know, like I, Mike, I, I for example, my, I'm at my, I, this is without being corny as possible. My, sure. Sure. the happiest I am all the time is either when I'm just with my family, getting to hang out with my family every single time I get to just spend time with my girlfriend and the, uh, the, the, um, the, the times that I do get to just podcast for, for, for fun, for my free time and stuff like that. Those are my sects of happiness because I'm just sitting down and doing things that I very much enjoy that, you know, that, that don't necessarily bring on any extra stress or any added, any added baggage. Like, I just think happiness is doing the things that you love and surrounding yourself with the people and things that you love and that make you feel good. Like, like happiness is just a feeling. Like it's that feeling where you just feel very warm. You can't take a smile off your face. Like you're not ashamed to say you got like the butterflies in your stomach. Like you just, you just feel good about what you're doing. You know, like you just feel like you just feel like the sun is just shining like directly on you, just brightening everything up. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I would consider happiness. Like not, like just just being comfortable doing what you're doing and 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 having yourself surrounded with with the right people. I love it. I think I that's, it. Uh, I think that's uh, a simple but simple entirely appropriate, appropriate answer. answer. I think that 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 could be very helpful or beneficial helpful for, someone for someone who may someone who may, may not be thinking about thinking what's about bringing what's them bringing happiness. happiness. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what it is. You got it. Like that's the way I looked at it. Was like sure, like again, I got life comes with a lot of ups and downs. And I feel like to get through a lot of those downs, you have to sit back and reflect on the things that you really enjoy doing and the things that really do make you happy, you know, because again, Grindhouse Radio has been, has been a great, has been, has afforded me a lot of great things. I've, I've, again, I've like, we've mentioned on the show, I've mentioned the show a bazillion times already. I've gotten to speak to a lot of people. I've gotten to meet a lot of people. I got to meet the love of my life uh, who sits across from me every week. Um, But that doesn't mean that there were not, that there are not and were not trials and tribulations that doesn't mean that there were a lot of no's when it came to getting people to advertise for the show that doesn't mean there were a lot of no's of people coming up like saying they were going to come on the show and didn't come on the show or there weren't a lot of no's in terms of opportunities for the show that doesn't mean that those weren't there all those good things yeah they came but there were a lot of bad and uh to 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 not the the, the goal of that was to just sit back and reflect on all the things that were positive all the things that did bring happiness and joy to life to really keep those downs from staying downs, from staying valleys in what could be peaks. 
understood. That's that's really strong as a personal tool for someone's emotional tool belt. Like, tool belt, like when you're facing adversity, when you've reached a low point, just spend some time reflecting on the up points, and you have no idea how much that can help. That's that's powerful. That reminds me of a saying: the harder you fall, the higher you bounce. And yeah. and really, I think what you brought up there is when you're in that fall state, if you can if you can lean back on these you know positive good emotions that you know intrinsically are going to bring you some self happiness and self value, it will help you bring back up. Bring back up. Absolutely, that's 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 all that's all it really is. It's changing your mental. It's changing your 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 mental state. You know, because like, look, things again. Think the the bad sometimes does outweigh the good. Sometimes when bad things happen, it seems a lot more daunting and bigger than a lot of the good things. But it but you have to just remember that those good things were there. Those good things did still happen. You th- those things are are attainable or things you have attained in the past or have gotten to. So so they don't just go away. You know, like so that's that's kind of what you have to do. Just sit back, think of think of think of the the happiness that you did have or the the good things you did have. And focus on that rather than focus on focusing on the 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 overwhelming amount of negatives that may come from certain things because they're always going to be there. You never like don't don't ever expect a life of just consistent happiness because you know what that would be boring. That would be like <laughs> were you were you a Fairly Odd Parents fan? Oh yeah, I, I grew up on Fairly Odd Parents, okay. of course. So so do you remember the episode, the Christmas episode, where Timmy Turner wishes it was Christmas every day? Yes, I do. And then do he gets, remember? yeah, he gets dull. He, it drains him. Exactly. So look, so like you have to think of it this way. The downs are just things to help you get back to the highs. It is, it's, it's the bump in the road that helps keep things interesting. It's, it's, it's like a movie. Like if a movie was just a high point of like Greg going throughout his day and it's, it's just him day, day in, day out. And it's not like nothing bad happens to him. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. trip, fall, scrape his knee. Um, he doesn't get into like a car accident or something like that. He doesn't lose his job. You don't have a story like you, you like a stories of life come with ups and they come with downs. And it's kind of just how you deal with the downs that let you get back to those ups. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You shouldn't just always let, you know, as somebody who's I don't want to say that I've battled depression my whole life because I, I, I don't want to say, you know, I haven't been that bad. But, you know, I've had downs, plenty of them. You know, you have to especially when you're when you're getting out of high school, you're getting out of where you're not going back to college and you're just thinking like, well, what am I? Well, what am I going to do? You know, like what, where's life, where's life going to take me? Like what I'm not doing this. What am I going to do? You know, that's a down. That's a real big down. You just kind of got to sit back, think of everything that you've accomplished or think of all the things that you've done that brought you joy and get back to that high. All those times that I was freaking out about what I didn't know what I want to do out of college when I didn't go back to college. Um, I thought about all the things that brought me joy. What brought me joy? Uh, a lot of those radio programs that I previously mentioned, listening to sports talk radio, listening to uh, sports on the radio, like radio and broadcasting was what brought me joy. So what did I do? I took a little bit of money, put it into the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, and here I am right now. So, you know, it's okay. it's all about taking the lows that you have and 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 being able to pivot them and bring you back up to the highs that you absolutely can still achieve. Truly. I, I like it. You seem first and foremost as an extremely humble guy but also someone who is really um aware and intent and listens to themselves and and that's such a powerful powerful. um on that fairly odd parents thing did you hear the theory that uh wanda and cosmo are actually his parents no i never heard that 
Yeah, if you look at the traits that that he has, Timmy, all of them, they reflect the exact genetic traits of both Wanda and Cosmo. Every single part of the character sketching is taken from them, too. So the theory is that they died, and his foster parents are the ones who are taking care of him in the show. I never thought of that, but that's kind of that's that that's kind of crazy. I never I never now now that that changes the absolute that that changes the whole show for me. But right. Uh, that's that's un- that's unreal. I'm so happy that I could share that with you because I, it blew my mind that exact same way. I just I went from wait this was a cartoon to wait this was a psychological piece about so much more than I can even understand. Oh, and I think and I, you know I, I I don't always subscribe to a lot of those a lot of those like fan theories for some of them. Um, I don't always just take them as like straight up fact, but I'm like, I think even if you just want to believe that those are, those are true, I think it does help add to the story. And it does like, you know, it just, it's just another way to still enjoy something that you enjoyed when you were kids. You know what I mean? So that, that is totally cool. I never, I'm going to have to go see YouTube videos on that now. I'm going to have to go look those up. Yeah. You'll find there's tons. Everyone talks about this. So that'll be interesting. Um, I want to bring up too. you, you work with your partner and you have, it seems like a great dynamic and relationship with your spouse. What is important, uh, for a relationship to be healthy? Like what is the most essential traits or what as a man have you noticed you need to do to make sure that you're giving to your partner, but also receiving properly from your partner? Um, the good part about me and Kim, uh, it's, it's very rare in certain cases because I've known Kim for as long as we did the show. Like me, we didn't, you know, we didn't date as soon as the show kicked off you know like we she was my best friend like for we've been doing the show for about going on seven years now for most of it um we just spent that time just craft just just getting really close as friends you know for a really long time she she was my best friend you know i talked to her about everything anytime i anytime i had those downs that we spoke of i would come to her and she would help me lift on out of it um anytime i was really excited and happy about things i was running to go tell her um throughout the lockdown during the, the during the beginning of covid um, me and her were, were, you know, like we had been for years, just texting back and forth, um, you know, Zoom calling, uh, watch sitting down and syncing up our Zooms and, and watching movies together, but syncing them <laughs> up like we were like, OK, so we're going to press play. Right. One, two, three. Now. So we start at the exact same time. And, uh, you know, um, I, I think it's just most important to 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 just always communicate you know me and her have me and her have always talked from the jump we've we've talked about everything in our lives things that are stressing us out things that are making us happy things you know stupid things you know stupid stories and stuff like there's no there's nothing on this planet that i would not talk to her about you know even before we were dating um so that's like like it's corny to say that uh, communication is key but communication is key you just have to you just have to talk it out you know and talk everything out make sure that Nobody feels nobody's left guessing about how the other person feels. I I will I will never in my life not let her know how I'm feeling. I will not ever let her I will never give up on, you know, speaking to her because she's been she's been one of the most consistent things I've ever had in my life, one of the biggest support systems I've ever had in my life. The only person that has ever read my cartoon script is her because I know that wow. um wow. because she's she's, you know, I, I again I, I know my opinion and her opinion on the end will be all some, some of the stuff, but she's the only person that I feel comfortable reading my stuff and, and giving me honest opinions. And, and, and like, I, you know, again, I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not pretending, I'm not going to say that I'm not self-sufficient, but you know, I, I've, I realized for a really long time because, um, 
it took us a while to get here. I, I joke with her all the time. I'm like, you know, I was really into you for like five years and you made me wait five years to get here. And, uh, she, you know, she always laughs says, Oh, I know I made you wait, blah, blah, blah. And I always, I always break her balls about that one. Yeah, um, yeah. but you know, I always, I, and I, and I don't, I don't falter for that because I'm like, you know, that that was necessary. You know, it, all those, all those years just was basically, instead of us diving into a relationship, it was just us getting to know each other and really getting to know the person instead of getting into a, a physical relationship. Right, we got to know right. who each other, who we, we were as people before we did anything. And, uh, uh, to be honest with you, if I'm being honest, um, it is my, it is my favorite part of the grindhouse radio. Like I said, if, if, if the doors shut on this place at any point in life, um, the, the, the best thing to come out of here for me is that I found her. That's, and I, I tell her that all the time, the best thing that I, that, that came out of GHR for me is that I got, is I got to find her. I've never been with anybody that's been as, as caring, as loving, as, um, supportive as, as, and, and just that all around amazing person as, yeah, as she is yeah. to me. That's fantastic. Thank, Thank you for sharing that. that, for sharing uh, that. that nope. uh, I think it's really no essential to really really a lot of guys. A lot of guys that just they they never they, they really never listen or take listen the time to hear other successful male relationships. Male what relationship? is doing it? What, what is, is the key that's keeping that there? So yeah, yeah. No, that's a fantastic point. Sometimes it's sometimes if it's. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off again. Sometimes it's sometimes surprisingly enough. Sometimes it's me trying to pry stuff out of her because you know it's always me. Like I guess sometimes I tell her like I feel like I'm the one that comes to you with my issues all the time. Like I, I've, I, anytime that something pops into my head, that's bugging me or something that I'm thinking about, I'm running to her and just like blowing up her phone or having a conversation on the phone or talking in person. And I'm like, you know, you need to come with me to, you need to come to me with stuff too. Right. Like if anything's bugging you, you have to come to me and, and talk to me because like, I can't be the only, the only loose cannon in this relationship. You know, you gotta, 100%. You got to feed me something. I have to help you sometimes. Oh, you yeah. Know, so it, it uh, that's, that's the only thing you can help someone. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, your question. Communication is key. Always talk to each other. Don't ever, don't ever leave somebody in the dark because if you really love somebody and they really love you back, they'll listen to whatever you have to say, no matter how nonsensical it could be. Sure. So with your rigorous schedule, uh, what are some healthy life habits that you subscribe to that could help someone just keep themselves in the best possible place for living day to day? That's a really great question. And I wish I had the full answers because I will <laughs> tell you right now with the crazy schedule, it does get really overwhelming at times, you know, because I'm still trying to, you know, cause, cause for example, like I do all those podcasts that I had mentioned, mm -hmm. um, and then I have another one on another network called the Earplug Podcast Network, where we do a sports show that I do every Tuesday. Um, that's not through GHR. Um, they're one of our syndicated stations. Like GHR gets played on there, but I, cool. you know, I, I it's another show that I'm doing. Um, on top of trying to schedule a lot more interviews and collab with other people, so no, it's it's hard. It's really hard to find time to do things that other things that I like to call passion projects or other things that I like to do. You know, I'm still only on the beginning stages of my cartoon just because I have so much stuff going on. I don't have time to sit down and write it. Um, so uh, I would just say, do your best to like, you know, maybe sit back, maybe like extra, try to get a little bit of exercise. I try to exercise when I can maybe try to try to turn your brain off and just hop into some video games every once in a while. I'm an avid video game player um, when I can. And uh, you know, just, just, if podcasting and all this stuff has become work to you, which has become, it's become a job for me, mm -hmm. find things. You have to take the mental health days. 
which I haven't been doing recently. I definitely have not been doing enough recently. Take the mental health days to literally just flip the switch in your brain off and just relax because you will, you will, you will quickly go from somebody who is very driven and, and, and happy to be working to somebody that feels like a matchstick that has been totally burnt out. Mm. That's good. I think that is very key for keeping sanity is enjoying and actually allowing yourself to have those breaks. Yeah. That's, that's a killer point. Go outside, get some fresh air, go jump in a pool, go to the beach, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, go to a, go to a ball game, like do, do, do something that is, that is not what your normal day to day is like, do something that you just sort of love to do that isn't work may not be productive, but it's something that you enjoy doing and relaxes you. You have to have some of those vices that just make you sit down and go, okay, I'm good. You know, like that you need that or you'll go crazy. What social stigmas in society that exist today could you do without or would be happy if they left? Um, hmm. social stigma. I, I wish that the social stigma behind about, about everybody being as hardcore about social media would pull back a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like social media and everything has run people's lives for, for so long that it's almost done detriment. It's detrimental because like, you know, people live their lives on what they're doing for social media and less about what they're doing for, um, for themselves. I actually posted a quote on my Facebook, which is funny enough that I'm saying this and I'm about (laughs) to pull something from my Facebook, which is totally ridiculous. But, uh, (laughs) I like that. The irony is fantastic. it was, it was, it's totally ironic because this is also a tweet from Bradley Cooper. So this is hilarious. <laughs> um, it says, travel and tell no one, live a true love story and tell no one, live happily and tell no one. People ruin beautiful things. Now, I know that sounds bleak mm. in a sense of, in sense of going out against, like going against people. And I generally love people. I think people are nice. People are good, generally good. Um, but I do subscribe to the fact that do thing, like, I feel like a lot of people do things for social media clout and people do things to be seen by other people and don't do enough things for themselves. And I'm a victim of that as well. Like I'll, 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 I will be first to tell you that I do a lot of things or try to come up with a lot of things content wise to get more eyes on the grindhouse radio. And I don't necessarily do enough for my own mental health or for my own, my own just personal well-being. Um, and you kind of have to do that. Like, that's why I wish social media wasn't as prevalent as it is, because I think people need to take a step back and do things more solely for themselves rather than chasing social media clout. You know what I mean? Or, or Amen to you, that. Yep. You know, so that that and it's also and also like, you know, let's end the social. I want to end the social stigma that people can't have conflicting beliefs and be friends with each other. You know, like I feel like we're, I know that I, I know I sound like an old fogey by saying that like an old person, because that's an old, old, that's a, that is an old people thing. But, you know, I feel like people nowadays can't like have different opinions and different beliefs and coincide, you know, everything, every like life is the comment section on Facebook where you say you have one status and then it's a litany of people fighting that stat fighting and going back and forth bickering on that status and getting very such having such venom and vitriol and hatred for each other that nobody wants to sit down and just have a regular conversation to be friends like i have plenty of friends that don't agree with my my lifestyle my political ideologies my 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 beliefs plenty of friends that don't agree with me 
We can have those conversations all we want. And guess what? I'm still going to go to their house and hang out. I'm still going to invite them over to my house and hang out. You know, like Mm -hmm. I wish life was more like that rather than this, this like zero to a hundred lifestyle that people live nowadays. hundred percent. I completely agree. I do think a lot of that too has to do with the amount of stimulants there are in our life that are trying to not, I don't want to use the word propaganda, but definitely help to, uh, stray or lead us in certain directions. There's just so many things because of technology and because we're such a connected society now that it, it can become overwhelming in that regard and, and definitely taking the time off social media. Because I think too, one of the things with social media is, is I'm now, even if I don't think I am subconsciously, I'm comparing myself to a highlight reel of you, right? Not necessarily you per se, but a highlight reel of what else is going on in the world. And that can be extremely detrimental, especially when we hit those low points. It's like taking that step back and recognizing that social media has such great things for allowing us to be connected, such great things for maintaining memories, for, for new experiences, but also that, hey, this is a highlight reel. It had, it does have some formality. There is some structure to how this beast is living. Um, I think that's a killer, a killer uh, sentiment. Absolutely. Cause like, look, like for example, like, you know, um, let's say you, let's say everybody lives and dies by social media. Okay. And let's say you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're a podcast, you're a podcaster, you know, an avid podcaster, great content, good show. Um, let's say you're going on, you're going on, uh, you're going on social media and you see all these other podcasters just flooding social media with all this different content and stuff like that. Now, um, if if you perceive that as a type of success and if you perceive that as as the pinnacle of podcasting it might it might discourage you if you're not doing those exact same things it might discourage you and instead of doing this because it's something you love you're going to overwork yourself and you're going to you're going to try to be them mm-hmm. you know what i mean you're going to try to be them and uh and that doesn't always that doesn't always work you have to be you know kind of yourself and do things for yourself rather than do things for social media, a a social media presence. You know what I mean? I completely agree with you. Um, I want to ask this question. What obscure foods do you eat or recipes that you have made that, that no one else would maybe eat, but you're like, okay, I have made this. It is the secret weapon. That is it. To be honest with you, I, I am the most basic food person (laughs) in the entire world. I, I, I don't cook. Thankfully, okay. Kim is going to teach me how to cook and she's going to help me cook. Um, so that's great. Um, so I don't really have, I, unfortunately, I'm sorry to just tell you that I don't really have something because I just, you know, uh, the weirdest thing that I make myself mm-hmm. uh, is like a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Like, and that's not even that weird. That's not, yeah, I was like, that's that standard. <laughs> that's standard as hell. So like, uh, I don't really have anything all that weird that I that I eat regularly or um, or that I've made. Unfortunately, so I, I apologize that I can't give you a good answer to that one. Oh, you're good. Uh, for all the foodies out there, I'll give an example. I do peanut butter on my burgers, on the buns. Oh, actually, you know, that's actually interesting. I've heard of peanut butter and jelly burgers. Uh, those, prime, it's good. Prime. It is prime. Okay, so I guess here's the only weird one I guess I could have for you. Um, it's not that weird. People put chips on their sandwiches all the time. Okay. That's not a, that's not a fake thing. But yeah. I'm a lact- I'm somebody who's lactose intolerant, so I can't have cheese. So if I'm making like a turkey and ham or I want to make like a turkey and cheese sandwich, I'll take yeah. the nacho cheese Doritos and I'll put that on top. And that substitutes for my cheese. That's probably the weirdest thing I can give you that, right now. That does count. Tom, you lied to me. You said you had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. I'm going to have to actually try that. I've never thought it's about it. It's delicious. And that's delicious. still lactose-free because it's just, right, it's just like a... It's fake cheese, yeah. yeah. It's artificial, right. No, that makes sense. 
have you done any traveling uh either abroad or in the country and then could you maybe describe or share like a great fond memory of your travels uh so i have been out of the country one time i went to the bahamas for christmas with my family one year my aunt had a timeshare down there and uh, we went and spent time at atlantis that was very cool and through ghr uh, we've done a little bit of traveling. We've gone to um, Pennsylvania. We went. We did Pennsylvania Comic Con. We've gone out to Vermont Comic Con. Um, we did San Diego Comic Con, which was very cool. We signed at San Diego oh. Comic Con for two years before the pandemic happened. Uh, I've been to New Orleans, which was one of my favorite cities to ever go to. It's so beautiful. Um, the, the 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 scene, the architecture. It's uh, it's so cool. Uh, Vegas for my twenty first birthday. That was a great time. Nice. Um, I think, uh, one of the cool, uh, one of the coolest experience I have, it'd have to be when we went to San Diego because I'd never been to the West coast before and just getting to feel the vibe of San Diego during comic-con is just a cool energy about it. That's just, it's a beautiful city, beautiful, uh, like beautiful weather. Just everything was amazing. Um, and, uh, we got to go onto the, it was the IMDB boat, which was a special, Whoa, uh, yeah, invite yeah. only boat that you get to get on. And there's a bunch of celebrities and people like, like dancing and, and How's just the food, on the, boat? the food actually funny enough, it was sponsored by Wendy's. So, um, there was a chef in the back on the, on the boat cooking Wendy's on the, on the boat grill. So it wasn't real Wendy's. It was like made on the boat Wendy's like with Wendy's sure. patties or whatever. But, uh, it was, it was very good. It was the, the, the food was good. That sounds like a really exciting opportunity. Thank you for sharing that. It was a great what is, uh, Still on your bucket list to do. Bucket list to do. Um, oh, that's crazy. Uh, so I would very much, uh, my dream is to get down, to get over to Ireland at some point because I'm from an Irish family. Um, and uh, I would love to, there's a, there's a, there's a painting actually in a few of my family members' houses of my, uh, I believe it's my great grandparents' Uh, house it was like an old barn in uh in in uh, ireland the painter actually painted it so many times that he told my family he's like look i'm not freaking painting this thing anymore so you guys are gonna have these copies and that's it because i'm not doing this anymore wow uh, what's crazy it's in it's at a lot of my family members houses um, it's at my parents house right now and uh i've always looked at it uh for years it's just at my grandparents house and uh there's it's not standing anymore i don't know how much of it is standing anymore like there was a picture from my grandparents years ago uh, when they went to Ireland and they're standing and like standing near like walls of a fallen building, kind of, there's still some, it looks like ruins almost, mm -hmm. but uh, I want to go there. I want to go, I want to go there and see what's left if anything is left. Um, but uh, that's, that's probably the biggest thing on my bucket list is to eventually get to get to Ireland um, that, in the not so distant future. One. Yeah. Exploring heritage is so key. That, that made me think about like my Colombian, Colombian heritage. I want to take a chance to go out there. I want to meet the family that I haven't met out there. Just that whole experience of becoming a worldly person. I think that it can culture you in a way like anything else. Unlike anything else. Absolutely. So are you, are you, now, are you, are you like, have you connected with any of the people that you have down there or? I, I, so I, I have talked to a few of my cousins. One time they came to visit us here actually for Christmas, um, two of my cousins, but I have about like 32 to 40 family members that my, on my dad's side that I have had no experience to see because my, my dad's dad, he was he was a little bit of a player, and so he had he had like six wives and almost twenty kids. Oh wow! Yeah, so I I don't like. There's a lot of family members in Colombia that I don't even know if we still even have connection to or relation to, just because it's the family tree has gotten so big. 
That is so, that is so great. Well, I hope you get the chance to meet them, my friend. That is, that oh, is, a, that is really cool. Yeah. Um, we're getting close to the end here. I only have a few more questions for you, but I've been really appreciating this, just the, the humble energy and the opportunity to just experience your life and your ability to open up to me and share some of these more intimate details. It's been extremely humbling, but also rewarding for me to have that experience. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you having me on. And that's, that's cool. Cause I have, I've, uh, I've, uh, I have a show that we actually have to hop on at two o'clock. Me and Brim have to do our truly inconsequential, but I appreciate, again, I appreciate you even having me on. Like I said, I, I'm not one of these people that is gonna, you know, be, be all high and mighty about where I am in the podcasting world. You know, like I very much understand that this is a big community full of people that just want to be content creators and just want to be able to have the creative freedom to do whatever they want. You know, that's, that's the beauty of podcasting that you literally can be whoever you want to be, however you want to be it. And, and that's it. So, um, you know, I'm just happy to collaborate with anybody I possibly can. And I am, I am honored and privileged that you would even want to have me on this show today. I, again, thank you. Yeah. So my final two questions, the first one is what is the meaning of life in your opinion? The meaning of life to me is, um, you know, I guess I don't know if this if this totally answers your question, but it's it's doing everything you can to enjoy every single second of it because you know there isn't another one. You know, like for whatever you believe is after you know after you die or whatever, you know this is this is all you get. You get this one go around around. You get this one trip, these few trips around the sun, and then it's out. And then and then you know it's whatever comes next. So my my you know, the meaning of life for me is just doing everything in your power to do everything that you love to do and, and live it absolutely to the fullest of your ability. It's a beautiful sentiment. And then lastly, I ask every guest, if you had one piece of wisdom to give to someone, whether they're young and just starting their life or they're old and are maybe having a midlife crisis and aren't aware of what they want to do next, what is the one piece of wisdom from the experience you've had on this earth that you would want to leave for people who are listening? My it doesn't matter if you're too young. It doesn't matter if you're too old. You can do anything that you want to do. You can it, now. You have to temper your expectations, you know. So, like, if if, if you want to, you know, you don't necessarily assume that you're going to be at the top of everything that you want to do. Don't assume that you're going to be at the bottom of everything that you want to do. You know, you're never too young or you're never too old to be happy. So you have so whatever it is in your life that is making you unhappy, stop doing it and try to focus on the things that do make you happy and figure out what you can do to continue those things and branch them off into other things that just make your life feel super fulfilled and uh, and um and and worth living, you know, because too many times, um, too many times you see people that get too bogged down um with the bad things in life and the negativities in life, and you see them, you know, struggling, like really struggling. Um, when, when every single person, I don't care who you are, every single person in this world has the ability to pull themselves up and do what they want to do to make themselves happy. It's, it is totally attainable. It's totally out there. I'm not discrediting any of the people that have depression or, 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 or anxiety or, or negative feelings. I'm not discrediting any of them, but that doesn't mean that you can't live a fulfilled, happy life. Anybody can do it. You can be, you can be nine years old. You could be 90 years old. It doesn't matter. Age is just a number. Age, age does not keep you from doing the things that you want to do or achieving the things that you would like to achieve in life. It is all there. It is all totally there and totally within your grasp. It does not matter what age you are. It doesn't matter where you are in life. You can do it if you put the work in, you time in, and you really believe that this is what, that, that is something that you would like to do. 
Wow. What a perfect token and sentiment to finish us up here. Tom, before we finish up and say goodbye to the folks, I want you to take some time, plug anything you'd like to plug right now, please. Awesome. Well, um, I would say you can follow me again. We were just, I was just ragging on social media for as long as I was before, but you can follow me on social <laughs> media at it's Mr. Greer everywhere on social media. Um, I, um, I'm on, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, I have a Facebook page. That I don't really post on, but Facebook, um, Twitter, TikTok. I'm trying to get back into the TikTok game a little bit. Um, we have the Grindhouse Radio, um, which goes out every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I have the Magic Kim Tom. That's a Disney podcast with me and uh, my lovely girlfriend, Kim. We talk about Dis- all things Disney. It's a really good time. We just sit down and talk about our love for 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 Disney and Mickey Mouse and stuff like that. It's really great. Oh, that's beautiful. That's um, beautiful. I have uh, Truly Inconsequential, which will be going live. Uh, it goes live every Wednesday from 2 to 2.30 on our Facebook page and our YouTube on the Grindhouse Radio YouTube page. Um, that's a lot of fun. Um, and then I have a show called Today with DW, the sports edition that uh, goes live on the Earplug Podcast Network page every Tuesday at 6.30. Um, I have the GHR Live and Uncut, which is our live version of the GHR Grindhouse Radio, every Monday at 6.30 from 6.30 to 7. And... Uh, yeah, man, I would just keep an eye on my social medias and stuff because I'm always trying to come up with new things to do, new content to come up with. Um, it's a little crazy, but, you know, I'm a little crazy sometimes. So, <laughs> so <laughs> and that's uh, why that's, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's again, uh, that's all that's all the places that you could find me. Um, my website is at it's uh, it's not at it's uh, it's Mr. Greer dot com. You can find me there or the grindhouse radio dot com for anything else, you know, voice work stuff. Um, it's all there. Um, but that's, that's all I got, man. That's all I'm here for. And, um, again, my friend, I very much appreciate you having me on. This was a really good time. Um, I'm, I can't stress enough. I just very much enjoy collaborating with other podcasters and talking to other podcasters because, um, you know, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing that people have decided to take to a med- decided to take a medium like this and do whatever they want to do with it. You know, um, giving people a new outlet to be creative. You don't have to worry about program directors at a, at a, at a radio station saying, no, do this. No. It's if you have a microphone at a computer, you can do whatever the hell you want. And, and, you know, somebody will listen, you know, so it's, it, thank you again for having me. I much, very much appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for joining us, Tom. And folks, that's all we have time for today. This has been a fantastic conversation. As always, make sure you're out there working hard, loving life, and we'll catch you later. See ya. See ya.